I really spent a half a million on the house for granted. I'm really out here dancing. I'm really not romantic. I really got that petty. Hey, hey, I really know it's Eddie. Yo, what's up, man? Welcome back. It's first smoke of the day. It's your boy Pat Gods here. I'm here with my co-host Blackleaf. What up, man? What up? How you doing? <laughs> this is a big one. Boy, we got somebody special in here today, man. Up north, stand up. Deep, 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 deep in the east, man. Deep East Deal Farms, bro. Welcome to the show, man. What's up? What's popping? Oakland stand up, huh? Yeah. Bay Area. Yeah. Let's go. <laughs> it's time to put us on the map. You know what I'm saying? And if you don't know, Deep East, DEO Farms, um, breeder of RS11, breeder of Zope. The list goes on. But those, you know, <clears throat> most recent bangers, you're down here this weekend right now for the RS11 clone drop. Yo, we appreciate so you coming through the art gallery, man. For Sold real. out. Yeah. What sold you, out what you that shit was crazy what you guys are doing is is history in the making yeah. you know what i mean it's dope to see because you know it's by way of the streets yeah that you reminded know? me of like an old like hype beast sneaker release literally yeah people camping out in tents like it was crazy yeah <laughs> all, global yeah. all over the world came for that bro amsterdam belgium spain uk scotland other brands Oh, a lot Big, of other a lot brands. of other brands. Yeah, yeah. A lot of Michigan people, Ooh. a lot of New York people. We had like DC, Baltimore, a lot of Florida, Atlanta, and then we had a bunch of people from you know like Missouri, the states that you know they're still not legal. You know they're still doing it like love that underground. We had a bunch of them. Big shout out you guys. Yeah, bro. And then I saw That's you guys we were even, started. you guys were talking to people about how to even grow it in line. I saw like kind of helping them out. Like, oh, yo, I did, bro. I gave like all the people in line, like my info. So if they have any questions on how to grow, just tap in. Bro, yeah. that's Fire. sick. Fire. Yeah. You guys were all there in person and stuff. Yeah. Touch ground, show like love and make sure everybody gets, gets handled yeah. correctly. You know what I mean? I mean, bro, that's the easiest thing for me to talk about is growing. Like that's like my whole life. <laughs> <laughs> So that's easy combos for me. Let's let's get into it, man. So you're from Oakland. Yeah. Oakland native. Um, what was it like growing up in Oakland? I know it's a tough city, man. Yeah. Bro, it's just how do I put it into words? Like it's just like its own environment. Like it's there's probably a bunch of places in LA that's the same, you know, same environment. But like, you know, you grow up in it and you think all that's regular until you go somewhere else and then realize like, hold on, this is, there's a lot of places outside of this. <laughs> yeah. And it's rough. I like mean, a lot of shit, like you get like normalized to, and it's not really normal. Even yeah. young, huh? Hell yeah. Like people having kids in high school, like me. <laughs> <laughs> and then it takes like, once you leave the city, you realize like, wait, hold on. I'm the only one that got kids and I'm a teenager. Like it's just so normal to you that, like it takes you leaving the city to realize that like the rest of the world is not like that. <laughs> Damn. Straight yeah. up. So, I mean, was high school then? Cause it sounds like you got into this, into the game and into this weed thing pretty early. Was that, was it middle school, high school? When did it start? Bro, I want to say like 15, like 15. I was like just selling, you know, a little bit of weed and stuff like before school, lunchtime, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. What was, what so was I started this? like 15, 15 ish. Yeah. What was the first time smoking? Bro, my first weed that I strained yeah, that I smoked? Yeah, first time ever yeah. smoking. Oh, bro, like, it was a no-name strain. It was just weed, like, yeah. <laughs> well, how, just what'd like, you do? Did you smoke a joint or? 
bomb. Bro, my first time smoking, bro, was out of a can because I was little. Like it was me too. <laughs> it was a That's fucking coke can, bro. My you know, first time smoking, flatten it out, punch the holes in and the, the top. The second of the time can. was an apple because the apples. Hell like, I could yeah! Graduate hide it from my parents easier. You know, like you know, I throw a coke like a coke can pipe in the garbage. It looks hella hot. Like I'm like smoking crack or some. Like I can make a little apple pipe and then just eat the apple after, and it's damn. Yeah. Early days, like Super I started early. smoking. Like the first time I smoked was summer of seventh grade, I think. Yeah, summer seventh grade, and it was just no name, some some, some Reggie. It was yeah, bro. Like I didn't have access to a lot. I was like a little kid. I didn't know any better. Like mm. yeah. And then did it just go from there? Yeah, like you were smoking every day. I didn't start smoking every day till I was probably like, like a sophomore, and then I really just started smoking every day. Yeah, <laughs> what'd you like to smoke? Like, bro, like, like purple? blunt or what? Uh, we don't, yeah, we grew up on like swishers, like blunts. Yeah, yeah same with me. Yeah, Back it's home? funny the similarities because we're, we're, we're from Florida, Coke can, apple. You kind of graduate to the apple and shit. Yeah, the it's like you said, like, I thought I had a great it. idea. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> well, you put like a screwdriver in the side, yeah, <laughs> screwdriver, bro. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Love it. I, I feel like it. A, when I we would get screwdriver, just <laughs> yeah. So if you got something better too, you want an apple over yeah. the can because the can gets hot, gets crazy. And bro, those cans can't be good for you, bro. It's nah. aluminum. Hell no. That, that, back, that no. color comes off right where yeah. you smoke it. Yeah, hell no. Nah. Yeah. yeah, that's the part. And it just realize. looks bad. Like, oh, bro, I'm smoking out of a can. Like, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that shit's rough. A lot of kids first time though. You're, yeah. Because <laughs> bro, I didn't know how to roll or anything either. Yeah, even like in Oakland, everyone still smokes woods. And then when I go to like high end events, everyone's on papers. So that's like a big cultural difference too. Like back home, every it's just only woods. Even now, yeah, I'm off woods though. I haven't smoked, don't really smoke woods like for a couple of years now. I'm just on like papers. You can feel your lungs better now, or any difference? Oh, uh, not really. It's just like why wood? Like I feel like you get a more of a taste with the papers. Yeah. Especially when you're tasting a bunch of different phenols and want to select which one you like. Mm. I feel like it's important to get it in a paper. Because you know, like the wood, like it it kind of takes away from the the actual flavor of the of the bud. Yeah. It's like if you were drinking wine and you were gonna sample some wine, you wouldn't pour it into a glass with Coca-Cola and then sample every glass, right? Or you wouldn't pour it into a dirty cup that already had some like it no matter what, there's an altered flavor that's that's yeah. altering your flavor of the, the flower. And if that's the case, you're not getting what you, what you as a breeder, you're like, I need to know if, if this is a 10 or, yeah. but then I had a buddy say, well, if you smoke every single strain in the wood, then they're all compared anyway. And you'll know which one's best. Bro, wow. I think it's more like you get more of the pure taste in papers. Like for sure. Agreed. Yeah. What type of papers you like? Bro, I've been on like vibe papers Shout out Burner. He gave me like a whole box of them. So I'm going to be running through those for like five years. I've been on a lot of vibes <laughs> papers. Hell yeah. I like the hemp ones. Yeah, that's what's up then. Yeah. I've tried up. a few packs. I've yeah. tried a few packs. So I've been on them lately. But yeah, bro, I retired the woods. Had to. Like a couple years ago. Yeah, yeah. had to. What like up? if someone passes me a wood, like I'll still take a hit or something. I'm not like one of them. Like, get that out of my face. Like. I'll still hit a wood, but I'm not going to roll one up. Yeah. If you're rolling, you're rolling some papers. Yeah. That's good though, man. I feel like I could, I could make a big difference in lungs and yeah. so, so 
is do you start seeing plants early on like that or is it just smoking with friends at first and years of that like and you're getting bag seeds like what where does it start to be like where does it go it bro i was just doing like selling weed and then like graduated to some like more like negative money making methods and like it was just not sustainable bro like it's like you only make it a couple years doing certain things like you could only get lucky so long and like you know the penalties like versus the rewards weren't like don't really balance out like if you could make you know fifty thousand dollars this way bro but you're facing like 10 years like that math doesn't add up yeah so it's just like you know cannabis was more like the safer route like i like it like i like plants i've liked plants my whole life bro like since i was a little kid i would just talk to gardeners about like fruit trees and all that. Like I always just love plants and animals like dogs and all that. So I'm like a plant animal person. So like, <laughs> like growing made sense for me. From early on. Yeah. Yeah. So like, like most people I grew up with, right when they made some money, they'd spend it. And that was the difference with me is like, I was stack my money up. You had older brothers and sisters. Uh-uh. So who, so older homie schooled you down and kind of helped you with that? Cause you got a mindset. You're saying I had, couldn't be around that. I had to like, had, yeah. that takes a lot of oversight and a lot as a young person to be like, I should get out of my situation. I should make a move. I should. Yeah. Like I came from kind of like a, like a group that had structure to it. So like I was told by older people, like how to conduct myself, like to, you know, to last longer. And like I was always taught, bro, like, like if you can't prove your income, don't spend any money. Like, don't, you know, don't flex. It's dangerous. It's going to put a, like a target on you. So like, I always just follow that advice and it was good advice. Straight up. Yeah. yeah. It worked. Listening, man. For so real. you got a mask on big homie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Not yeah. For real. But I always would listen when older people would talk to me. Like there was a lot of older people, bro, that would give you bad advice on purpose. Cause they would want to use you as a tool or like use you as a weapon. And they would just give you bad advice on purpose just cause like, try to can brainwash you type shit. But then, you know, you'll find people that really actually like want to look out for you and got that good advice. So like, I always listen to like the right older people. Cause you know, they've been in situations that I haven't been through yet. And like, I really learned from someone else's mistake than learn for it on my own. So yeah. Damn man. Still bro. Like I'm still all ears, bro. If someone got game, like, bro, I'm all ears. Like, come on, let me hear it. Yeah. Yeah. For real. Yeah. So growing up, when's DPs coming around? When's, when's, you know, the spark of breeding and growing and really like, you know, Bro, I popping st- off. <laughs> I did my first breeding project on accident in like 2013. I made this strain called Dirty Cookies, which was like, bro, like to this day, I regret losing it. Like, bro, it hurts my heart even thinking about it. <laughs> but it was a white fire heroin and male Cross to a, a animal cookie. And bro, people back there still talk about it. And it's like, fuck, bro, I lost it. I lost that one in a, in a raid. Because you know, like how it was back then, like a lot of people would lose genetics in raids. And it's just like, you know, once it's gone, it's gone. Yeah. So, but I got a bunch of uh, pink guava. So pink guava is basically like the, the father of the RS line. So I got a bunch of uh, pink guava dirty cookies and I'm about to pop them and like run through them deep. What was dirty cookies like? Bro, it was insane. Bro, people always used to compare it to this strain called Nade. 
from the Bay Area. I never tried it, but like when people smoke the dirty cookies, that's they would always bring up a strain called Nade. Hmm. I think it was like a little bit before my time, but I like was, the name. Most people that smoked it compared it to to that strain, but like I said, I never got to try that one. Damn. Yeah. Shout out Dirty Cookies. Yeah. The first breeding project from Dio. And it was D-O. an accident, bro. Like an accident. Like, damn. I gave my cousin some clones. He like, my cousin set up like a little, what was it? A six lighter. And I gave him a bunch of clones. And by accident, I gave him one of my white fire heroin and males. So I pollinated his room on accident. <laughs> you know who you are. He was like, bro. Bro, he was pissed. Yeah. <laughs> And we didn't catch it in <laughs> yeah. like the, the male plant was like right in the center of the whole room. So like we didn't catch it till like week three, but it was too late. That shit was seeded out. Room full of seeds. Yeah. So you, you pulled thousands of seeds out of the bud or what'd you do then? Bro, it was just, it was seeded up weed. You're just like, this is what it is. I grabbed a bunch of the seeds and then like, bro, I just fucking flipped the packs with seeds. Yeah. I just grabbed like a, as many as I could and then just... Psh- gone what's funny is probably a lot of people pop those i'm sure Bro, decent only people knew what they had yeah those yeah, might somebody still got a couple of those floating around in a box somewhere oh, guaranteed sure, sure. you still got some the seeds? did you see save some Bro, those seeds nah i Damn. popped like them there all of them but i have the dirty cookie pink guava that's dope so that's gonna be be the comeback damn uh, bring man. it back a look i'm about to bring back the pink guava this year too like the yeah like the precursor to the rs line That'll be phenomenal. Yeah. Always coming back. So was there, was there an older homie though that like was like, yo, this is what a fucking growing plant looks like? Or like, when, like you're in high school and you're like, who, when's the first real plant you saw? Was it people just popping seeds? Like, was it, did you have a crew around you? Cause it's usually someone that shows you like, or were you just on your own? It was me and my cousin. Like we're the same age. So no one, t- no one told us anything. Like, damn, we just okay. trial and error and basically did everything trial and error. Yeah, we didn't have anyone putting, a, putting us on with anything. Damn, then. bro, that's a hard journey. It's trial and error. Yeah. Yeah. And then I bought a house, bro, with like a three-foot crawl space. Bro, it could not have been any, ba- any deeper than this. And, bro, me and my cousin dug out a whole basement by hand with shovels and pickaxes. Because we couldn't use jackhammer because of, like, we weren't filing, like, lice. Like, we weren't, like. You dug out the whole getting basement. Getting permits for it. We dug out. First, we dug out a little, uh, a little front spot, oh. and we put like four or six lights in there, and did a like a run or two. Bro, the first thing we got clones of Hindu Kush, and Purple Kush, from SR seventy one. It was like a clone place in downtown Oakland. So like that was the first couple runs we did, and then we got a hold of this uh, Kush cut. It was just marked uh, Kush. And then some family members got it in like 1998. So I just called it like 98 Kush or vintage 98. And like that's back before up there, we really knew what OG was. It was just labeled Kush. And when you say a crawl space, though, you mean like non-air conditioned space oh, bro, underneath I mean like, the house. I mean like a three foot yeah. gap underneath the house. This is like, I need people to understand like this is yeah. making it work. Yeah. So like what we did too is like we didn't do it with, with permits. So during the week. We would pickaxe and shovel. And bro, once you got like one foot down in Oakland, it's all clay. So then you're all pickaxe. <laughs> bro. So we would like pickaxe all week and then put all the dirt in the, towards the front. 
And then on the weekends, we'd take the dirt out when the city inspectors weren't driving around. Wow, dude. We want to talk about motivated stoners right there. <laughs> Bro, literally building a basement with a shovel and a pickaxe, like digging Bro, out down a there basement. All day long, all day, every day. How long did it take? Just for the first spot, like, like a month. And then after that, we dug out the entire basement and then we threw a 16 lighter in there. Hell and bro, yeah. We thought at our age, bro, we thought like we was like kingpins. Like we, we were killing it now. Like, oh, we got a whole 16 lighter. Like we're good for life. Yeah. Wow, bro. But we dug, it took us like months to dig out that 16 lighter. Months, maybe three months. And then we had to pour concrete like on our own on the weekends. Like when there was no city inspectors driving around. Bro, that like doing the rebar and pouring cement down in like a, it was rough. See, and you, you think you're getting into had, growing, right? Yeah. You're like, oh, I'm going to get into growing. And then it's like manual labor. You're like electrical digging ditches. Yeah. I mean, all the shit that you went, you were hoping not to do getting out of school. Well, I mean, it was good because we all have construction backgrounds, bro. Like I started working in construction like summertime, seventh grade two in the summers, like roofing, fucking like carpentry work so like we had construction background like we could do it all ourselves they make the best growers a handyman you know guys that are like that yeah like sixth grade was my last summer like of no work and then seventh grade summers like i was like during the summers every summer i worked yeah damn bro so you and your cousin pop some seeds and where's it going now? Are we putting some, like you, you got the 16, it goes eight lights and 16. Is that the first grow was underneath that house? Yeah. Holy shit. My first house, like I bought, I saved up and bought that house. Like that's what I did with all my money that I made when I was young. I put it into that house. Damn, and I got bro. it during the, you know, the financial crisis, the subprime mortgage crisis. And like I had hella cash. So like, and back then Oakland houses were going for like a hundred bands. Maybe 150 in like in a nicer spot. Now you can't get shit for like half, like less than like a half a mil, 600,000. Yeah, there's like a lot of gentrification now. But back then, bro, it was like you fifty, hundred thousand dollar houses all day long. And how are you learning how to grow? Are you like how are you even learning like any parts of it? Are you, you just reading online? Are you, you got? Yeah, any- that's why I told you. Like I was on the forums hella heavy. IC Mag THC Farmer. Like I had a profile there. I was like scared to post pictures, but I would like, you know, talk about different methods. Like I was on there pretty heavy. And like, that's where I kind of got my baseline for growing is on there. You probably ran into every single problem a grower can run into under there that first time. Like, I mean, just having an exposed grow plus lights underneath yeah, the back house. Then it was like, that's for hard, sure. Back man. then it was in and out vents, bro. Like mm-hmm. everyone rocking in and out vents. And like, I was one of the first people I knew that's, that sealed, sealed the rooms. Yeah, because I was watching some videos from Canada and a lot of those dudes were sealing their rooms and I was like, bro, fuck it. I'm going a, I'm to a try that tech down here because everyone was running in and out vents. And then once like I sealed the rooms, it was over, bro. That was the, the biggest game changer right there. Yeah. I you mean, know, in and out vents, bro. No you're more sucking PM. In. Yeah, yeah. Not just that, but like during the wintertime, it's cold, damp air. Like you're never sucking in ideal... T- ideal air i can't imagine like pickaxing and shoveling no. that out like you're talking like because i've been i've seen underground work and how it goes like there's like layers of <laughs> you know the earth basically and it's like 
you're going down deep in there. So how how tall did it end up being? We dug it out to eight and a half foot ceilings. Oh my god, three feet. And how and how big was the the room? Like because sixteen lights is thirty five feet wide by like full basement, sixty long, fifty sixty long, something like that. Full basement build out, yeah, whole basement done by hand, and then the house that it was under was paid for by the homie himself too. But that was the tough part, bro, that I was nervous about. But my cousin was doing all like the support work. I was like, bro, like I don't want to dig this shit out and the house collapses on us. <laughs> you, oh, I didn't even think about that. Yeah. Real. He, he RIP, he died at the grow underneath the house. Yeah, he you did. know what I'm saying? The thing collapsed on him. 16 uh, lights. Bro, died in the house collapse. <laughs> Digging out a 16 lighter. Holy <laughs> fuck, bro. Yo, that's crazy. That is a crazy story. Yeah. That's a that's but probably we had someone like we had one of our friends that was a little older, like a contractor showing us. They showed us how to support the the house while we were digging yeah so shout out him or else we might not be here today <laughs> you got the craziest first grow of anybody so far on the show real talk hands yo. down big dog just yeah. so you know <laughs> bro, i'm not even close yeah bro like the crazy thing is at the time it didn't even seem like a big deal like it was just like all right this is what we got to do to make a grow room because we were young as fuck like no one was gonna rent us houses like that and like Back then, you had to really know someone to, like, get access to houses and stuff like that. And, like, we were too young, like, to the point where people that owned houses wouldn't take us serious because, like, we were too young. Yeah. So, you you know, you're the, you you remind me of the guys where they, they'll, like, pull up, like, 32 massive trailers that have been buried under the ground that they turn into grows. You see, you read those stories where you're like, how in the fuck? And people are always like, it's impossible. How would that guy do that? That's how he does it right there. You're motivated. Motivated. Yeah. This is how this is this is what we gotta do. There's no other way. Yeah, it's just like if it needs to get done, you gotta do it. Like, yeah. Damn, bro. So you and your cousin, you still rocking to this day. So you guys are growing, learning off each other. Yeah. I mean, like my cousin was gone for like seven years plus, and he came back last summer. So now we're back together. Man, hell so now yeah. It's lit. Yeah. Jeez, man. That's more than that's more like my brother than my cousin. Shout out, bro. You know who you are. <laughs> yeah, for yeah. I mean, you digging out the fucking base. Dig out a basement yeah. together. You're gonna get close for sure. Yeah. Deep bond. Yeah. Yeah. Yo. So seven. where so he had he had to go sit down for seven? Yeah. Gone for seven. Fucking that's a. tough. Glad to have you back, big dog. Grower to grower. Glad to hear this, man. Yeah. And so so what what's happening then now? So you guys start to learn and you you guys are, is it, hey, let's get another spot? Is it? Yeah, bro. That's right when we had, like, we didn't spend our money. Like, we just stacked our money up how we did our whole life. And then the dude that helped us buy the house, he owned commercial properties. And then there was a, a warehouse on 71st, close to E1. And then bro gave us a chance and rented us that warehouse out. So that was like, we went from four lights 16 light house and then we jumped into a 24 light warehouse hell yeah yeah and 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 what kind of lights are you rocking at this time are we going are we double-ended hps oh hell no nah, bro that shit does not even anywhere <laughs> close to exist that shit was fucking adjust the wings yeah. single-ended fucking thousand watts yeah people they call them the bats right yeah, and yeah look those up those are the old school ones yeah, people no with lie, the magnetic bro, like, I, was, I used to look at uh ivan's bro I, i'd be on ivan's uh, I see mag profile so tough 
If anyone says they weren't, they're lying, bro. Like every, everyone was on his page. He had the craziest looking grow. You're like, how Ivan had would post bigger grows than anyone would dream about posting, bro. So like he was probably the most popular person ever on the forums. Like, cause you're like, how do you even grow this big at the time? You're like, I don't, you know, everyone had like a room or at a house or rooms at houses or a house. Not many people had like a warehouse. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's like next level. Yeah. Like he influenced my, like my grow tech a lot. Like I would see like, I saw him rocking adjuster wings. So I'm like, like I went from ventilated hoods to adjuster wings. Cause like I saw that and I'm like, okay, man, big bro, shout every, out jungle boys. Out Ivan. Ivan. Yeah. yeah. Bro, everyone followed your lead. I don't care what anyone says. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Bro. He's the reason Still I started popping seeds, bro. bro that st- white fire 43, uh, phenol hunt was the reason I started popping seeds. Damn. <sighs> big ups. Yeah. Bro. I used to like, bro, I bought white fire seeds. But mind you, I'm up in the Bay, and the only way to get white fire seeds back then was there's sporadic little drops at different dispensaries here and there in L.A. So, like, I'd drive all the way down from Oakland to L.A. just to buy, like, two packs of white fire, the white. They had... Uh, and that's OG Rascal, right? Yeah, OG yeah, Rascal. Yeah, man, bro. big shout out OG Rascal because he makes it... Yeah, it is difficult. You can't get those seeds. Yeah, like, bro, you can OG barely Rascal find them. was, like, bro, one of the most sought-after seed companies at the time like i feel like he really kicked off like the hype seeds gas straight gasoline yeah. all his stuff is like like shit that you could never get access to yeah like he 30 percenters yeah yeah he's he's a OG. so so you chase that white fire oh yeah bro like about that and then my other first big phenol hunt was cookies and cream by exotic genetics and then i flew up to seattle he had this little like event i flew up i bought 12 packs came back popped 12 packs because like that's why like i always tried to i saw what ivan did with the white fire and you know he was doing you know he wasn't growing like 10 different seeds of 10 different strains where he was really digging in like doing 100 seed phenol hunts of one strain so i was like okay that's the route i'm gonna take so like i never did little small phenol hunts bro i always like tried to pop a minimum of 50 but ideally like i'd pop 100 so you could get like every expression. People don't get that. Like what you're doing, like that's some OG knowledge shit you decided to go with right off rip. Just to be honest, because like you're pheno hunting a pheno that you're like, I want to find a winner instead of just scratching the surface of a bunch of random stuff that I'm kind of like, you're looking for a true keeper right off rip. Like, yeah. I mean, that's like veteran hunters and veteran growers. That's like what they do. I, I'm surprised to hear you do that, man. That's yeah. That's I mean, dope. like I said, bro, I saw Ivan do that. It made sense to me. So I'm like, okay, that's the route I'm gonna take when it comes to popping seeds. Yeah. And I mean, how how could we deny it? Look at RS eleven and Zope. I mean, they're brother and sister too. What, what? the RS eleven is the F one generation of the Rainbow Sherbert and the Zope is the F two generation. And for the F three generation I used Zope as the receiver. So we'll get into all that. Yeah. What what year was this when you're when you're doing this hundred seed pheno hunts and bro? Because White um, Fire, that was a that was a minute ago. What 2014, 2015, something like that, 2013? Yeah, I don't honestly even remember the year, bro, but I just remember it when when the white fire packs were available. So I ran the SoCal White SoCal Master. There was a couple of phenos in there I wish I kept. <laughs> I bought a bunch of the whites. The whites were just very chalky, very hashy. I had one crazy little strawberry pheno that I wish I held on to. 
from the white S1s. And then the one I went hardest on was white fire. But bro, those seeds were hard to track down. Like at most, like you wouldn't get more than like two packs from, from a spot. The only place I knew of getting them was through jungle boys. Like back in the day at TLC, uh-huh. they would carry them, but prop two fifteen days. And that was the only place I even like it living in SoCal. You could even find them to my, you know, that I knew of. Yeah. Yeah. Bro, like, it would just be like, I would call around all the dispensaries and like some would like, it would be little hole in the wall dispensaries that would have packs of your seeds. Like a bunch of like, you know, dispensaries in the Valley. It was a bunch of spots like that. that would just, you know, randomly have like two packs. So then just like, I ended up collecting like 10 packs total. And I'm like, all right, well, that's enough. Like I'll pop them. You'd call all the different dispensaries and be like, you have, do you have this strain or these packs of seeds? I mostly the- like ask around on the forum, like, Hey, bro, where you guys think I could get this? And they'd send me like different places that might have it. Then you just got to call Man. around, bro. And just figure it out. <laughs> You're the hunt before the hunt. Yeah. yeah. But I want to say during that era, like, oh, like OG rascal seeds were probably like the Holy grail in terms of seeds. Yeah. At least now, in California. More. Shit, now they're even harder to get. For real? I mean, I don't, I don't know where to get them now. I mean, there might be a seed bank or two, but Neptune, maybe. But, I mean, you got to hunt them down. Yeah. Yeah. So, you, and I know with you, so so where does it go from there? I know, like, let's walk down that line. So, you're hunting down OG Rascal, right? White Fire 43, your cousin's still around. You starting to put out 43 yet? Did you guys find stuff? Yeah, I had my own White Fire Fino. Yeah. So I was rocking that for a while. I had a cookies and cream number 106. So that's the another one that frosted out. Yeah, bro, that shit was a fucking bro, like a glacier. <laughs> but like the, a lot of those strains were really hashy too. Like for that, like that pheno in today's market, like people would consider it like not terpy enough. But back then, people would just mind blown off how the plant, how the flower looked. Yeah. That 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 made a lot of money for a lot of people. Washers, hash mm-hmm. washers, ice wax. That was Oh yeah, they loved the the cookies and cream, bro. They loved it. And they would do they do dry sift back then too, and that shit used to dump for them. They like dry sift. It looked like little sand grains. I don't know like how they did it, but I seen guys where they'll take a balloon and they rub a piece of metal on the balloon and they'll get the static electricity clinging to the piece of metal and then they'll run it over the dry sift and all the plant material will suck up onto the because of the static electricity and what you'll have left is just beautiful full heads and i've seen people clean up dry sift that way with static electricity and i'm saying some people i'm saying the best dry sift in the world i've seen done like that where it's like you could breathe on it heavy hot and it would go into full melt you know like real but yeah static electricity trippy dry sift is like you know you're talking but them dry sift dudes would keep their cards close to their chest like they would not tell you their like their practices at all Mm -mm. yeah even now that what i just told you a bunch of people are gonna be upset just to be honest yeah yeah but so hash monsters though you're rocking cookies and cream i mean to this day is just a sought after strain for anyone doing hash yeah are you doing bho yet or are you guys like you just wanted those for flour yeah we never really got into bho but because you know cookies was really heavy in oakland like oakland was like purple city bro like granddaddy purple like that's all anyone ever wanted so like i grew up on granddaddy so like we used to grow granddaddy too i forgot about that 
you had the granddaddy phase, the Urkel, the Kush phase, that sour phase. Bro, for like probably like two years, I was, you know, had one facility growing hella sour. Yeah. And like my old, like my Kush cuts would all come down here. I mean, not my cuts, my Kush packs would all come down here to like different dispensaries that I had relationships with. And they used to like, like usually make that their flagship strain, like so-and-so dispensary Kush. <laughs> yeah. So like when I stopped serving them, like they'd get, you know, big sad because like, damn. How are you finding help? It's you and your cousin, right? And you guys want to expand. How do you even trust somebody? Just cousins. Like we didn't hire anyone like outside our family or anything. This is yeah. fam. It was especially in Oakland, scandalous, bro. You can't really trust people. Like they'll set you up. So it's like we try to, you know, don't let anyone know where any spots are. We never tour any spots. You don't even want to show anyone spots. Like back then, I wouldn't even go to people's spots because then when they got robbed, they blame you. Like I wouldn't even go to other Facts. people's spots. Like Jeez. it's just I don't want anyone looking at me funny when they get stripped. <laughs> Damn, man. That's that's really how it was. Yeah. So you start jumping in your family, basically. Yeah, cousins. Yeah. Yeah. That so that can go either way. I know for a fact that can either go really good and they learn to love growing weed for a living, or you, that kind of ends you guys' relationship sometimes. Yeah, it went both ways. Just yeah. different individuals. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Cultivation of cannabis is like very different than you think from the outside. It's a, it's a rough yeah. living and in Oakland too. Like people's more short sighted, bro. Like they they think. Like people used to say like, oh, like I don't want to wait three months. This money's too slow. Like, so that was a big, a big, it was hard finding help because people up there would like, especially at our age, just wanted quick money. And, you and know, people like looking to take advantage. Like, three months was too long for them to wait for a check. So like, yeah. Damn. Three month check. People ain't having it. Yeah. Like in real life, bro, like. In like the regular world, like come on, getting like a bunch of money in three months is like quick. In yeah. real business, yeah, there you go. You know, you got to be in business. I feel like, but yeah. being in business for yourself, yeah, that's that's a trick. Yeah, but up in Oakland, like you know, people want like in one day to come up like you know twenty, thirty, forty, fifty bands, and like they could do it too. So it's just like some people take that route. Hustlers. Yeah. Like, nah, they just like strip other people. Like they just rob oh, a lot up there. So shit. like you hit a lick and you could come up like $50,000 in a night. Like, like they rather take that route than, you know, tremor wait like three months for money to come back. Man. Can you imagine if that's a mentality though? That's a tough mentality to grow up I mean, around. Bro, that's bro. like a rite of passage up there. Honestly, is hitting licks. Like it's just it's like, like a rite of passage. Like damn near everyone does it. Ex explain stripping because I never really heard that term come from the East Coast. Like, like they call it jacked, you know what I mean, or whatever. Jack and it's the same thing. Yeah, all the same shit. Yeah. What What do you think brought that term about? Because that's a different way of looking at it. Mm -hmm. Like, cause if because if I say like, I'm gonna jack someone, it's it's kind of like more negative connotation versus mm -hmm. I'm gonna strip them. It's almost like you're taking back what's yours or something, or I don't know. It's a little different, well, right? It's, not it's, just, it's, it's no one's issue. Yeah. No big it's deal. like, I'm just stripping them. You yeah. Know? Yeah. But it's if I'm like, jacking on people might look at me like I'm a bad, you know, I don't know. It's well, just like, you know, hit a lick. I'm a, I'm gonna strip them. It's like, just like, guess different. But even like, that, that's a positive hit a lick is positive there, even though it's off of somebody else. Yeah. Yeah. It's it interesting. more cool saying it's stripping. 
I don't know. Maybe because like stripping cars, like and it just, it's just a different it's term. Just like a terminology yeah. way yeah. to look at it. But I'm just saying because you say a lot of people are on that up there. I'm trying to oh, yeah. wrap my head around why. And it's got to be like a, younger kids. Yeah, like, it's got to be a cultural damn. That's situation. Like, like for like 18, like to 25, like that's like a big thing. And they, I'm sure they get recruited by people and, you know, the older homies and shit. Or like, yeah, like people like, you know. Influence them and, you know, it's got to I mean, be. They're smart now. Like they could figure their own plays yeah. out now. Like they got that shit down to the science. That's sad. Like people like up there, like, bro, they'll GPS tag your car. Like back when I was younger, like people, you know, would go around with the infrared guns and looking at how hot the cables are at nighttime. Like people don't pretty, even know about that. You want to talk about that for a minute? I know about that too. Yeah, it's like, bro, people Let's talk are about that. ahead of their times in terms of all that kind of stuff. Yeah, you're talking about when people would scan with a thermal imaging camera. It's yeah. thermal imaging, and they and what they're doing is you're basically looking at different houses, and you're and which one is and pulling power. Yeah, and it's like what kind of spot other than grow is going to be having a red hot cable at 3 a.m. Nobody. So that's how like a bunch of people, you know, even just normal your cable if you got. Six to eight lights in your house will be 10 to 20 times brighter than anybody else on oh, your street. Sure, Don't bro. even it's matter gonna, if they got two pools. It's going to grow up. Yeah. yeah. And you can you can see it. It looks like a, a light beam from a, a tower. Like it's 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 lighting up the yeah, night like, when you look at it. Your line will light up the whole, like from the yeah. whole street. It'd be easy to view it. So people are going around and and basically filming houses or filming the outside of houses and seeing like, yo, we think this is a potential. It was lick. like they had like live IR cameras that wow. you could just like just look. It's scary days, man. I yeah. remember we used to wrap. We and would think like to wrap the walls. Certain, like yeah, industrial areas where there's known grows and you know people just go from roof mm -hmm. to roof like listening for fans. Yep, yeah. smelling ACs. Sounds like downtown now, like LA. They, now the easiest way is just like they GPS shit. It's like the tech is hella easy. What's that? Just put a magnet GPS under someone's car. Damn. And then they just follow it? Yeah. Because some of those GPSs last up to like a couple months. So you could track someone for months. Damn, bro. Yeah. So what do we, I mean, scary times, man, <laughs> for real shit makes, I'm, man, it gets me back into my Florida paranoid state of like, nah, yeah, you got me. Yeah. My head's spinning right yeah, now. Yeah. Cause I'm like, man, cause LA not really is not sweet either. It's not really paranoid. It's just being safe. You like, know you what a big thing? All, like park you don't want to yourself. Yeah. Park inside at night. Someone used to put me up on that. Don't leave your car outside at oh, night. Oh, not just that. All of our spots, like someone would sleep there. They would never be unattended at night ever. That's big, bro. Yeah, People don't know that. They leave. I've learned that. And then they come back to an empty house. Yeah. It's like that a lot. Yeah. yeah. You've, you've dealt with some of that in the past as well, coming up through, through you know, coming back to grows that have been hit. I mean, yeah, you hear sure. that about that all the time and you see it all the time. Like, yeah. you know when a grow spot gets hit because it's fucking the next morning, like, fucking leaves all over the streets. Like, you know, like the door's broken down or like you see like a... Like a, you know, particle board covering where the door got knocked in. Some growers out front crying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, and it's just, bro, yeah. like, it's not that big of a town. So, like, word gets around quick. Like, people, if someone, like, it's it's not that big of a place. It's not like LA. We don't have huge industrial areas. It's like a lot of the grows are limited to the certain industrial areas. So, it's just, like, where people are going to know that you're growing. It's just how, like, how you keep safe. Like, you want to limit your exposure. 
Because a lot of times people will pick the lowest hanging fruit and you don't want to be that. Mm. Like if you make it like more difficult to hit your spot and then, you know, down the street, there's an easier opportunity. People will gravitate towards like the easier one. Yeah. On game. Right there. But you just want to just be safe, bro. Just don't expose yourself. I mean, dude, with what you said around the pandemic to in Oakland, I mean, if you oh, can make it a, through it Oakland and shit like that, you're the man. I mean. On, those riots were like chaos. Like, I've never seen like that level of chaos before. Dudes on on roofs with ARs and shit, you said. If they're the smart ones. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, because I mean the cops aren't coming, so if they break in your grow, oh, it's but a the f- cops like if you call nine one one, like you just get like busy signals, like they're not coming for anyone. Like they're over, like they're overextended, like they're not even capable of showing up. Because you know, like groups of like eighty people are are going to rob one spot. Like, what's like two units going to do against like a hundred people? It's just it was like chaos. People and it's not. We're not talking just black market either. We're talking white market grows. So white market. Of, most of the spots getting robbed were were legal spots. Exactly. Because people knew where they were. Think about that. People are like no, nah, but that's you know that's what you get when you're in the game and when you're nah man. This is a legal spot that pays taxes and pays for that those cops to actually show up and they weren't showing well, up. Honestly, the cops up there were saying were like if you called and said you had to grow and that someone's trying to rob the cops would just tell you straight up like. Yo, we can't come. Like, we're not going to come to any grow-related incident. Like, like if someone tries to break in, shoot them. Like, that's what police were saying. Like, wow. We, like, I know a couple legal growers that, like, that's the response they got from the city. And it's just like, bro, the city was just, over, like, the police force is overextended. Like, they can't do anything about that. Like, 20 cars pulls up to a, a grow spot. Like, hard to, like, shut that down. You said there were crews fighting over being able to rob certain spots. Oh, like yeah. there were two different crews are showing up to hit one spot yeah, and, then and they they're both arguing over it. They, you know, of yeah. who, gets to, who gets to go in. Bro. So then they start fighting with each other before they even go in. Yeah, bro, it was real chaos, like real chaos. A lot of people don't know that side of the cultivation like, bro, side like, of things. Even like, like, you know, like the legal spots that. Oh, we got security guards. Like, do the up there, like the security guards don't really matter. Like, people don't really, that's not really much of a deterrent. Like, they just don't care. It's a target. Jeez. Yeah. Especially, it's like two security guards versus like 40 people. It's like, they're going to roll it up. They're not going to, like, it's, it's a lose lose situation. So you got to basically, you get your crew and everyone needs to either protect the bag or, or give it up. Like yeah. Give it up. It's like, just give it up or else you got to really stand your ground. Like for real, for real. Cause you can't halfway, you know, you can't halfway go protect your shit. You got to like fully commit or just say, fuck it. It's the danger is not worth the money and just let them have it. There's really only two choices. Well, protect that Zope and that RS11. That's for damn sure, man. Yeah, Holy no shit. On me. I still, I'm good. They're definitely smelling that, too. That's a, that's a carbon filter killer. That Zope, yeah. it's got to be. Bro, I don't, I mean, we haven't used carbon filters forever. We use it to scrub the rooms. But yeah. There's no, like, air exchange. Like, all the rooms are sealed. And once you're in the rooms for so long, bro, like, you stop smelling shit. At least I do. I'm so desensitized to the smell. Like I could walk into a grow room and it's harder for me to smell shit. Like just cause I'm like, it's so normalized to me. But like I'll always smell, smell like weed and like, I don't smell anything. 
Like, I know I smell like weed when I'm walking and everyone's just staring at me. And I'm like, oh, bro, fuck. I probably stink. Yeah. Oh, man. You probably smell like fresh weed, too. Oh, like yeah. Growing weed. Big difference. Yeah, because you know that resin gets on your clothes and your skin, bro. Like, it makes your hair stick together on your arms. Fresh bag of Zope. <laughs> raw. A raw bag of Zope. Holy shit. Bro, you'd stink the most, like, on your D-leafs, bro. Like, you know, that's why I would try to do D-leafs on, like, day 21 before the resin really got too crazy. Because if you waited too much longer than that, all your plants are just super resinous and, like, it's harder to work. Like your fingers stick together more. It's just that smell will stay on you, bro, no matter what you do. Oh, those shirts are ruined. That long sleeve shirt you oh, use damn. is ruined that day. And, and like you ain't getting I it back. I never wore long sleeve shirts because it was hot as fuck in there. So I'd be in there, no shirt on. <laughs> yeah. Catching a tan. Yeah, you know, I'd be, it'd be like around week, you know, around day 21, I'd be at like, you know, 65. During the daytime, 65 plus percent humidity, 78, sometimes 80 degrees. VPD. So it's like, bro, it was like working in the jungle. So it was, As like, a, I couldn't have a long sleeve shirt on. Yeah. I mean, dude, no, that, you know, paradise is paradise, right? Yeah. And be able to have a shirt with some sandals or something. Yeah. Could you do me a favor though? Because I'm, I'm a huge fan of the two strains that you guys are known for. RS11 came first. Yeah. Can you take us back to like it was, when you found that? All right. So it started off. I went to Emerald Cup and I bought third gen OZ Kush seeds. I bought 12 packs. Stood in line, bro. It was the most popping booth at the whole event. I bought like 12 packs. I think they were hitting for like 500 a piece. And so I had like 120 seeds. I got back and popped those. I found... Uh, the number 40 phenol, bro, it was insane. Like, it was, bro, it smelled like straight Kern's guava juice, pink guava juice. So I was like, bro, this one's crazy. Like, like I'm keeping this, like, I need to do something with it. Like, I knew out gates that, like, I needed to do something with the number 40. So then I, like, you know, flowered out all my males, checked structure and all that, and the number 55 male was the best of the bunch. 55 and I picked uh, two others. Like I tend to take like two or, you know, two or three different males and use them. Like in the early stages of like, you know, making a new line. You know, everyone got their own methods, but that's mm -hmm. just what I choose to do. Like I really try to get the variety out. Cause sometimes your male is not what you think it's gonna be. Like you could have a male, you think it's gonna be him. And then it turns out to be like a dud. And then you just gotta scratch the whole project. So like, that's why just to better my odds, I picked like three males. So then I made the OZ Kush F2s and like I called those the pink guava. So then like I ran a hundred of those and you know, I picked a male from that I, and picked two males from that and hit it to the original, the Sunset Sherbert. And that's how like the F1 generation of the RS was created. That's where we found like the 11, the 54, my phenols were the 16. I had number 40. And my number 19 is Jelly Roll. So, like, that's a strain that I'm about to roll out this year. So, like, this year, like, on Rec, I'm going to roll out a bunch of strains that, you know, people didn't get to try. 
from that era just because like they didn't have access to it. So I'm gonna try to, you know, before I put a bunch of, I'm about to put a bunch of new strains out too, like some crazy shit I'll tell you about, but like I'm trying to get my classic ones, you know, to the public too, so they could try what, you know, they didn't have access to back then. The You said Studio 54, right? That was the 54? Yeah, that's a sister of 11. Boom. Man, people, they need to know this though. That's a lot of hits, man. Look at that cross. That cross, is that's huge winners. Yeah, bro. 11, 54, Jelly Roll. All that came off the RS line, the the number forty, and the sixteen, and, and the sixteen is what I used in the in the F two. Yeah, could you go into that now with us? Yeah, Just the keep sixteen was more like a real candy sh- sherbet, uh, female. So that's kind of at the time what I was looking for. So like I used that as the receiver to make the F two line of the RS. Damn. Yeah, and the F two line of the RS is where the Zope came out. It's Fino twenty one. Big drop right there. Yeah. That thing is exceptional. That's yeah. a 10 out of all 10s, honestly. Yeah. Maybe saw. in the winter, bro, people start getting to try some of the F3 line. Because the Zope was the receiver for the F3 line. You, could you explain that just a little bit for us? So people, uh, yeah, I know people, because, you know, there's a lot of just smokers and they would, they mm. would love for, so you mean oh, RS11 like is, and receivers? The mo- yeah, just the mom and the dad for the RS11. So donor the- is like what's donating the pollen. It's like the male mm-hmm. and the receiver is like the female that's taking the pollen. And so for the RS11, it was what? Pink guava? Pink guava was the donor or the pink guava male yeah. is pollinating the number, RS number 16. Damn. Yeah, which was the receiver because it's receiving the pollen. Yeah. There we go. Absolutely. And so you still have seeds from that Zope run? I got all of them. I save all my seeds. <laughs> bro, I got a whole freezer full. Oh, bro. bro I got seeds back from like 2015 to like that. Like I still just didn't get around to. This dude does too, for sure. Oh yeah, that's why I'm I'm dying, man. That's why this tens of thousands. But 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 I know what you got. People would would jog to California for the RS11 and the original and the Zope, the original drop. I mean, have you ever thought about doing a little seed drop? Exactly. No. What about seed drops? He's like, man, we just did the clone. Most seed drops. This is the thing, though. Most breeders or most growers would say, I need to remake the RS11 and remake the Zope, and then I'm gonna go ahead and release them so that people can chase their own Zope and RS11 phenos, and I'm gonna make a couple million dollars in the meantime. Yeah, I just don't. That's not doing everything in house. Like, like I breed everything in house. Mm -hmm. I select everything in house. Do my own designs. Do my own packaging. Like, I just do all that in house. You've been that's like what that separates from me from everyone else is mm-hmm. like everyone else that was doing breeding work released their gear. And like, I was one of the only ones that just kept it in house. Like, I don't think I know anyone else that kept all their seeds in house. I just was never mm-hmm. in it for like a quick, quick flip of money. Like, it's about yeah. your crew eating. Yeah, bro. Cause it's like, like it's more than money to me just cause it was like rough getting to that level. It's like, bro, you know, like when you bleed over shit, bro, like it's, it means more to you than if, you know, than if it comes easy. It's like, you can't wave like a hundred bands in my face for some seeds like that. It doesn't even really phase me. Ooh. Yeah. Morals. Like, bro, there's been times where I got offered like a quarter million bucks for certain cuts. I'm like, nah, it's good. Wow. That's dope though. Yeah. You know, just now, to know. Right now I got my own unique menu that's rolling out and it's just like, it can't really be duplicated because I never released my building blocks for 
feels strange. And when you say rolled out, like where will people be able to go to get that? Like, like, is that for Rick? Like, yeah, Rick. Like, it's gonna be a bunch dropping down here, at like the cookie, uh, cookie Melrose, the cookie stores, backpack boy stores. Hell, so we're gonna be able to see all your stuff, oh, like your that. the stuff you've been holding on to, and the finos that you need. All oh that. man, yeah, all that. I'm gonna uh, start off rolling out like eight strains. It's gonna be the five seven. Which is my, that's probably my favorite strain beside from the Zolp and the RS is the 5.7. It's a Rainbow Sherbert BX1 number three. I called it Black Sherbert and then cross to, no, that was the receiver. And then my boy from the forums, he sent me some animal cookie pollen that he reversed. So I pollinated the the black sherbet or the sherbet BX1 number three with the animal cookie pollen. And I popped those seeds and the 57th phenol was the keeper. So it's going to be rolling out the 5.7, the jelly roll, bringing the pink guava back. Obviously, Zolp. Uh, a strain called 580, which is... Uh, Strain called the Y. Shout out Y Life three six five. He's the the one that made that, and he's the one that gave me the cut. That's a hard yeah. cut to get. That Bro. is a big strain the to have. One, the dude that got the real one. It's uh his Instagram's at Y Life three six five. And then you know who used to have that back in the day? OG Cookie Monster. Real? The Cookie Monster, the big yeah, homie. Bro, I never got to meet, bro. I heard a lot about him. Once but, in a while, he'd yeah. have wildlife packs. That's the only time I had seen it. And he would, even for him, it was rare because he would once in a while have it at the secret sesh. And that was the one where I'd be like, I have to, I would I would have to buy some. I'd never seen this. Yeah. Down in SoCal, never. It's definitely unique, like for sure. It's a gelato, correct? But it's like a weird, now, coming funky. From, uh, coming from the guy that, that made it, like Wildlife 365, it's a cherry pie to F1 Durban. That's what he told me the lineage was. That makes way more sense when you smell it because it is so different. Yeah. So that's what he told me that it was. So you're going to have that on the menu. Not that exactly. Yeah. Like, you know, he's going to run his, his wildlife. Mm -hmm. Like that's his strain, but I've been working with it for a while. Like, you know, I gave him some of my BX2 seeds and like every generation that I make, you know, I'm gonna kick him some seeds back. And, you know, so he could come up with his own cuts too. But the 580 is basically like a YBX1 cross to a, a male YBX1. So you're getting kind of like inline breeding type shit. That, that's everyone's after that wildlife, yeah. just so and you the know. Out, the, the outcross <laughs> of the wildlife was, uh, was Thin Mint. Damn, dude. Yeah. And Beautiful. I collaborated... Uh, on that wildlife project, I collaborated with my boy, uh, Charlie from up in Oregon, uh, TKO. Yeah. Well, do you know what, that's his name on Instagram? Yeah. TKO, TKO. from Oregon. Yeah. Okay. It's and like, he's an Oregon grower. When you say collab, one, one put, puts up the pollen, the other puts up the donor. Yeah. It's like, you know, we just did this breeding project together. Like Man, I love that. Yeah, and like every generation, you know, we share the the genetics, share our findings, you know, kick each other cuts, go back and forth. What like, makes you want to do that with somebody? Like you just see something they have, and you're like, yeah, that that would be a good pollen donor or a good yeah, receiver. Not just that, but Charlie, like he's kind of like similar mentality to me, like you know, like trustworthy, good people, like someone that you know 
that I get along with. Yeah. People always ask where collabs come from. And, and like one of the big things that uh, Pat God's always talks about stuff is it's very organic. Things yeah. are like they happen organically and like the, those are where the true collabs and like the, the true spirit of this comes from. Yeah. And that seems like Charlie from TKO, like early on, he had like, you know, he was doing some work with Jigga and Jigga came and dropped some cuts, some seeds off and some pollens off. So Charlie actually kicked off the whole Y, you know, Y project because he got some Y pollen and then he dusted it to the Thin Mint, the original Thin Mint from those guys. And then like, that's how the BX1 started was from Charlie, TKO, Oregon. Man, that's huge. And we're still, bro, we're still going back and forth with that project. And that was like five, like a while ago. When uh, when's this line dropping? Because it's like, oh, be, I got to get a hold of that. That's going to be this year. So like the two ones are 880. That's a little more Thin Mint Dom. And the 580 is like, bro, it smells like rotten cherry, cherry pie, hint of gas. It's like very complex. Man. Yeah. If you could bring one strain back. Dirty cookie. That'd be the one, huh? <laughs> bro, that's the one. That's the one that got away. And it yeah. was cookie-ish or was it just so different? Bro, than the it's like, I can't really explain it, bro. Yeah. It kind of smelled like cookie. Like if you open up an oven of like cookie BHO. Like, that's how the flowers smell. It was crazy. Wow. Man, cookies is such a distinct strain, something that yeah. is. And I see you use it a lot in, throughout your breeding. I, the thin yeah, mint, the like animal pollen. A, yeah, that's a staple, bro, for sure. Like, especially in Oakland. Like, mm -hmm. first it was all granddaddy. And yeah. after that, it was all cookie. Straight up. For a long time. Girl yeah. Scout. What do you think about it? Like, Girl Scout? Because through the years, mm -hmm. I mean, because like you're bro, using like different lines of strain, it. Bro, like, how many people, like, damn near every current strain has girl like cookies in it everything like it's it probably structure i want to say bro like the, some of the most defining strains of like our lifetime is og and cookies is another one yeah in terms of like what's popular now it's a handful five or ten yeah yeah, yeah. no it's and the cookies is at the top yeah it, but like it's i like love that you're like biggest thin building mint. blocks for sure yeah. yeah that thin mint cut though what's up with that i still got it Oof. Yeah. How's the flower on it? Good. Just that real, like that thin mint from like back in the day. <laughs> I was about to say, man, like where's the Girl Scout? I got that cookie. one and I got the the animal cut the animal cookie cut from Straight Flame. Like he kept that one around. So he ran me that cut back. Every time I lost it, he would run me a slice back. That and the cherry kush, straight flame. Shout out Tone, straight flame. Yeah. <laughs> I drove up to the bay for that cherry kush cut. Yeah. To, to get the drop from that, that was from I ended up losing it, but I wish I had it still. Yeah, I still got it. Nah, there you yeah, go. Tone's gonna do some things with that this year for sure. That's just gonna be crazy. That's one that I'm looking forward to seeing, like what happens. Yeah. So I just pollinated a cherry Kush female with Wildlife BX2 pollen. So I want to like I'm excited about that one too. Damn, dude. A lot of really interesting and, and representative the Bay. All of the stuff you've been repping, every strain is Bay Area hard. Yeah, it's just because I'm from Oakland. So, like, that influenced a lot of my, you know, a lot of the way that I grew and bred and all that stuff. Yeah. So, how does, because, like, a lot of people will be like, yeah, 
But then how does like what you guys have built is such a huge thing right now. How does that come about? Because like you, 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 you got this strain, you got RS11, you got Zope going. Where does it come that like wizard trees and, and now you got Doja, you know, and, and your whole crew. It's, it's this massive collab that is so successful, bro. How does that even, how do you even put that together? How does that work out? Bro, you don't like put it together intentionally. It's just kind of an organic thing that just pops up. Yeah. It's like, you know, I've been, I'm pretty like, like I've been friends with Wizard Trees for a while. So that just made sense. And, you know, he had like a lot more production than I did. So it was just like, I'm going to focus more on the breeding selections. And then he was just really focused on, you know, more produ on the production side. Cause like, he's one of the best, you know, like large scale cultivators out Wizard Trees for sure. Agreed. Straight up. Yeah, like, shout out to like Wizard. He'll scale up, bro, but like, like the quality is still like his number one, you know, number concern. one concern for sure. Yeah, that's facts. Yeah, most of the people that once you get over like a couple hundred lights, they just don't give a fuck. They just try to pump anything out, but like, uh, -uh. unsmokable. Yeah, it's like unsmokable at damn near at that point when it gets that big for most people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He scales back when the quality. Yeah, for sure. You know, yeah. shut the shit down. It's because it doesn't take long, bro. You could spend, you know, your whole life building up a reputation. It only takes like a couple bad drops to fuck it all up. It's, yeah. it's tough. It's tough for for grows and brands right now on just batch to batch. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because that's really what it is. Consistency is hard, especially in like the rec environment now, bro. Like people aren't like growing their own strains. Like they're outsourcing it. So it's like, say you have, you know, strain A and four different cultivators are growing it and you're doing a buyback program on them and white labeling it like you know all four of those you know growers like the the bud's gonna come out different so like you could go you know on monday and buy you know some strain a and then come the next week and get like a whole nother product basically doesn't even look like the other one the same one yeah because none of the, those growers they're not using the same sops or anything like that so so then, how do you call it the same thing and put it out then just because or like can you yeah they do it like yes yeah. like they don't really have another choice like a lot of the brands now they're not cultivators so you know like they're really good marketers so like you know they got to find they got to source strains and source growers to grow that strain and then they market the strain so like in my opinion to be better just to stick with one grower Instead of just like, you know, branching out and giving the cut to like five different growers and just just to try to get your volume up. Cause that's a good way to make strains die, bro. Like if, you know, like people gotta be happy with you with what you sell them. So it's just like once the you know, customer and your followers become unhappy, it's just like you're doing something wrong. And if like if you don't address it and fix it pretty quickly, like, you know, like it'll die out. A lot of people don't know that that's how and a it's lot your of these fault brands. that it dies out, bro. Like, mm. honestly, like, you know, you're not being consistent. You're not giving them, you know, what you're showcasing. So you can't market it as one thing. And then, you know, like every second, third run, it comes out mids. Like, you know, the people that support you are going to feel played. Like, damn, I'm spending all this money for this. And like, you know, Instagram now. If you get like a, they buy a shitty fucking eighth, bro, they're going to post a picture of it, put it on Instagram and flame you. 
Like, yeah. <laughs> 50 pounds of fire, one eighth of bad she and it'll yeah. stand out. Yeah, like if you, you know, sell like an eighth of smalls, like that shit's going on Instagram and like they're going to come for your life. <laughs> no, for real. Especially you know, if you're taking like fire ass pictures and then when someone actually gets it, it's it's mids like they're going to feel played. Hardest part about you. Hardest part about growing weed, though, is consistency. Oh, for sure. That's the hardest part. It's, it's easy th- to have a good run, bro. But it's, yes, if you have 10 good runs in a row. Like that's where like. The real experience comes in, like how to troubleshoot problems. Like, damn, you have an AC that died. Like, how do I mitigate the damage and still, you know, come out with a good run? Yep. Or what strains to run? Yeah. What's selling? What can we get our numbers on? What can we get for this versus this? But this puts out more weight than this. There's like such nuances to cultivation that most people like, like, I, I don't think a lot of people like what you just mentioned, people understand like you said a lot of the the brands don't grow their own product. Like, yeah, they don't, they go to a place and they literally just pick out bags and look at pounds. And so like, yeah, this would be good for the brand. Yeah. Like there might be, you know, strain a that they get from a big, you know, thousand light facility. And that strain a might be, you know, four different strains on the dispensaries under four different companies. And it's the same strain from the same batch. So like, that's kind of how wreck is now. Yeah, it's wacky. That's why yeah. Rec needs to turn it up. <laughs> Holy hell. And then, you know, a lot of this, like the, when you buy a lot of, like, you know, weed on Rec, like, like they don't disclose, like, the genetics. Like, they'll even say, like, all, you know, genetics undisclosed. Or, like, they don't disclose what it is. And it's because they might not even know what it is or it's just because, you know, they're they're white labeling it. And then they don't want to make it seem like, you know, like, this is just, like, a generic strain that we got and we renamed and make made a design for it. Yeah. AKA lemon cherry gelato or runs. That's what's, <laughs> that's what's in the bag. I promise you, if they're not telling you Shout what the genetics the runs, are. Man. Yeah. yeah. So many people copy that. LB, bro, they started like a huge wave. Holy for real, hell. For real. Yeah. I mean, almost as big as this, the, like we travel the world and it's like, you see four or five bags and runs. You bro, see, bro, that's, bro, that's bro. another strain that I would say our era bro, is like, bro, yeah. runs, bro, for sure. worldwide, bro, runs is like probably has the most name recognition right now. Zope has a lot too, bro. Right. That that Zope yeah. in Zope Amsterdam is quick. boom. Bro, compared to runs, though, bro, like you go anywhere and like you go anywhere in the world, and it's like runs, like it's has such name recognition. And like yeah. right now, like like the lemon cherry name is kind of you know, getting a lot of traction and stuff like that. It's like the remix, you know what I mean? It was yeah. a way for them to kind of, you know, throw another version out there. Yeah. Cause it's just so, it's just different phenos. But that wasn't, point. that wasn't from the runs crew. The lemon cherry wasn't, that was like a, another third party, you know, did their own thing and renamed it lemon cherry. Yeah. What's the, what's the story on that? Uh, Bro, if you guys know, you know, I don't want to like talk about other people too much. Or, like, yeah. Was it, did Canatique make that up? They, uh, they did Canatique the Canatique was the first. They're the lemon cherry. Canatique released lemon cherry. This, yeah. The name so they released cherry. on the rec market. Yeah. Yeah. Lemon cherry. Like Canatique came up with the lemon cherry. For sure. They grow like, well. Like the name and the branding and now, all that lemon now cherry. Now I feel like it's just a ton of phenos of lemon cherry whatever well it's like the bro, lemon cherry you know, is you know and it just seems a little watered down at it's this just point. that there's like mass produced packs like you know yeah. thousands of packs are coming out like people find bag like seeds mm-hmm. in 
in the eighth or something here and there. Then they grow it out, you know, try to like a bag seed, they grow out their bag seed and, you know, try to brand their bag seed to make their own strain. So like, that's kind of how it goes. Like, but there's some people with like some Zolt bag seeds and Zolt <laughs> RSs. Yeah. It, like, it's probably of- not going to be exactly as the same as the bud that came out, but it's going to be like, it's all a numbers game. Like if you pop one seed, your chances of finding like the original are very low. But if you pop like a thousand, your chances are high. It's just like if your parents have one kid, the chances of it looking exactly like you are very low. But if your parents have a thousand kids, bro, like a bunch of them people is going to look like you. <laughs> there you go. So it's like the same with plants. Yeah. 100%. It, a lot of people don't know. And like, I bet a lot of people buy pounds looking for seeds too, especially oh, with do. stuff like that. They're like hunting for that Zope or that RS11 seed. Bro, that was heavy within the gelato days, bro. Like people would buy gelato zips from Connected just to look for bag seeds. Mm-hmm. Like for sure. That was like an actual thing. Yeah. What do you how, how do you feel about bag seeds? I mean, I personally don't breed with them just because I rather just take it the extra time and source the original of what I'm looking for. But I mean, they they could be fun. It's just I don't like basing lines on bag seeds. Me personally, but like you can't really say bad things about bag seeds as a whole because like damn near like 99 percent of all the OG f- out there is from bag seeds. I mean, you go back to animal, he's talking about ant, that. We don't know. I guess that might, it. maybe it's not. I don't, you know, you don't know, right? Some of them, there's a lot of question marks around a lot of strains. You're like, because as a young grower and these guys are young, sometimes you have problems and thanks you know, you have seeds, you can pop those seeds. Yeah. Did you breed it? Yeah, you did. But it's hard to say. Like, like you could herm a room out because people want to hate on you and be like you didn't breed it you know because you you just hermed the room out and it's like yeah but he still then then you found whatever you found out of it that's a beautiful strain yeah so it's like it's it, just whatever you know? the end product is if you like it you like it you know however you get there is really up to you yeah i, I just like that. being transparent about everything like i like people like people that smoke my flower i like to let them know exactly what it really is yeah that's huge no, it's big. But I've man. seen a couple bag seed zopes and like I've seen like two of them. And one of them like looked like a RS11, but smelled more Sherby. And like they were fire, but it wasn't they weren't like Zope. They're like another F3 or F2 or something, right? It'd be like That'd another be an S1. So S1 itself itself. There you go. Yeah. Damn. Yeah, a lot of people trying to zope it up right now. That's for damn sure. Yeah. So what, what will you give us some hints on like what what are you working on right now? The ones I'm really digging through. I already found three uh keeper phenols is the Zope is the receiver, Wildlife BX1 is the donor on some of them. So I got a bunch of Zope Wildlife BX1s and Zope Wildlife BX2s. Oh, Bro, I got uh, some Biscotti Wildlife BX1s. I got a Pretty Fire Basio Wildlife BX1. That's really not Basio leaning. It's really like away from that whole gelato spectrum. Something from its like deep background came out. Yeah, huh? like you could smell a lot of like pie in it. Okay. Yeah, like a lot of richness pie. But it got a little, you know, maybe like 25% gelato turp in there. Bro, I got a lot. Like, I'm working on a lot of lines. What like happens when you... lines, like, the RS lines. Like, I got whole lines that are just their own profiles. 
Yeah. I like that because I was going to say what, when, what happens when you cross the same strain to itself and like what he's talking about, it starts to bring out the grandparents or the mom oh, and yeah, the dad. Sure. So you start to get weird, funky shit. Like he's saying, you get the Y life and then you get some weird, funky mom or even grandparent of that that comes out. And it's like, where'd this come from? This is nothing like the mom and the dad. It's like, yeah, you're starting to get some weird outputs. Yeah, for from sure, deep bro. Back. Like you get everything in the S1s, bro. Like way back. But it's also too, like I always start my lines with male and female pollen. And then once I'm a couple generations in, then I'll, I'll do some reversals. It just makes it so it's harder for people like to duplicate your work. Like anyone could take like strain A and reverse it to strain B. And everyone that does that is going to have seeds that are genetically identical to, to each other. Like, you know, you could take the, uh, a gelato 41 and reverse it to a OG, say like a SF real SF VOG cut. And, you know, you could find a banger out of there and then, but people could, you know, reverse your work. Like anyone could just take the same 41 and cross it to the same, reverse it to the same receiver like the og and like their seeds will be genetically identical to your seeds mm -hmm. so like using males and females makes it so like it's kind of more of your own yeah harder to do like impossible to duplicate yeah and do you do most of your work like so you so you so two runs of male and female then fam okay this is no these are big lessons for a lot of people out well, there right now it's a game. reversal bro there's like multiple generations like the the f the ozy kush got f2 and then it got you know dusted to the sherb so it's multiple generations before you know a rs11 reversal huge shout out skittles crew this oh, is bro, skittles too bro birth like, so many strains the, like that's like the baseline of most of my work is skittles Think about yeah. wow. those OZ Kush Here's seeds up. were the best seeds I've ever bought in my life, hands down. The OZK. The oh the first OZK from that Emerald Cup were the best seeds that I ever bought, like my entire life. I just bought the Z3 this this time, bro. They're they're killing it. That crew, they continually put out phenomenal terpy strains that like, I mean, you can birth other strains off of other brands. Yeah. Jeez. I mean, bro, like that's like probably the most popular terp, like, is that Skittles terp? Yeah. So that's all I'm growing right now. It's not honest. an easy one to work with, bro. But like when you do, you know, strike gold, bro, you really hit. Have you directly bred with her yet? Like, have you done any receiver or anything directly with that yet? Uh, I did. There, I didn't. I have them in the fridge, though. It's because like I don't Ooh. like directly like, you know, stepping on other people's toes. Like I know fields and like. Like, you know, like if anything, bro, like if I cross something with the Z, I would hit him up like, yo, like let's collab on it. But you're big. I mean, I don't but like you're not even selling them. Yeah. No, I got them in the fridge. Yeah. But like, I don't like to like work with other people's stuff that they built on their own. Like I try to build my own shit from the ground up. Like, I don't want to try to like, you know, you put your work into that name. Like, I don't want to take your name and try to, you know, monetize your name that you built up. So like I try to stay away from like, you know, other comp other brands, you know, like flagship products. Yeah. It's just like a moral, like an ethical thing to me. 
lessons. This is a OG <laughs> episode, bro. For real. You got a lot of knowledge and a lot of, uh, you lay it down very easy like that, but it's, it's stuff that a lot, like most people will be like, yeah, but I'm not selling the seed. So why, you know, but I get it because that, that Zope and RS 11 times Skittles would be madness. Yeah. It's just, I'd rather, you know, break bread with the people that, you know, actually created that Skittles wave. Then, you know, just take it and try to monetize it on my own. Like, cause you know, that's someone else's work. So like, it's just, I don't want to like, you know, dig into someone else's pockets or eat off someone else's plate. Like Pat God says, collaboration over competition. Yeah. yeah. Like, but there's money to go around if you do shit the right way. It's just a lot of people just are in it for themselves. Like they don't like giving credit. They just want the whole bag for themselves. How do you and find like, the right team to work with? Shit. Right. Isn't that, that's yeah. what you're talking about right now. Pretty much. Especially rec, bro. There's like a lot of, you know, outsiders that aren't from this industry really running shit. So like it's, you got to be wary, you know, who you partner up with because they might have not have the same, you know, ethics as you do. That's in business in general, bro. Yeah. <laughs> straight up. I'm here to tell you. Yeah. It's just you, regular, you really like, got to, you really business. got to move, uh, take your time. Yeah. Like a lot what of these people that are throwing up these $40 million facilities, bro, they come from you know, residential yeah. backgrounds. Like the people doing the biggest buildouts right now are coming from like, I'm coming from not residential, bro, coming from real estate backgrounds. Right. Develop Developers, yeah. bro, are yeah. very heavy in these. Backed by like hedge products. funds and investment groups and stuff. Exactly, and which is, bro. You, you now then have to answer for all that money. Yeah. And so these people are disconnected. So there's a disconnect. Yeah. And those I mean, bro, are the like biggest situations. Them, yeah. Like their only interest is, you know, like throwing up these massive facilities, but, they don't really know what it takes to, you know, operate them. Like they'll throw up a $40 million facility and try to give someone like a hundred thousand dollars a year to run the whole facility. It's like, but you get what you pay for. Like someone who's really on their own and is capable of running that scale is not going to take a hundred thousand bucks. Hell no. And that's why so many of these big spots fail, bro, is because, bro, they try to like underpay the operators and they like you know a lot of people talk a big game but they've never ran something of that scale before so it's just like and it's just like for a hundred like this small of a salary it's just like a lot of the re like those big corporate dudes like in their head it's like oh like it's all the same work so i'm just gonna find the cheapest person to do this job like that's their mindset but like i said you get what you pay for and like that's a big mistake, bro. Like if you have thousands of lights and someone fumbles a couple runs, like, you know, that could seen all bankrupt red. you. I love yeah, that. Seen all red. These, these guys need to listen to what you just said, man. You're, you're talking, yeah. I mean, that was deep right there, bro. There's so many operators right now in California, not paying their people. Don't got the right people in place because they don't want to pay that position. So they hired some random or four, four guys at 20 an hour. Right. Yeah. But instead of putting a head grower in there or someone with a brand or someone with their own genetics, and instead of having a mom rumor and say, like they're cutting every corner, they'd rather just buy clones every run. And then it's not even, Hey, let's buy some good clones. It's let's buy the cheapest clones we can get. And then it's let's grow it the cheapest we can grow it. And then it's let's use the cheapest nutrients and the cheapest IP. Let's not even do an IPM. And so now they're paying $20 an hour workers. Like there's so many levels to what you just said. And people are like, why doesn't this weed look like it used to? 
And that's all the consumer sees is like, why does the rec weed not look like it should or what like it did when they were able to go straight to a brand and sit at the table and buy it from them? Yeah. And it's it's what you're just talking about right there. It starts right there. Put the people who know how to run that operation in and pay them. Give them part of the company. Do what you have to do to have success. Because oh, if not, you're not. Dudes, they do not want to give equity up. And like, that's, no. that's what I mean. It's like, they're just looking at, like, this is a very niche business, bro. Like a very niche industry. And like, you can't treat it just like real estate. Like it's a very, like it's a niche. And these people really don't know. Like they're just looking at, at shit on a spreadsheet. So they don't, and they don't come from this. So they don't understand all the intricacies like that at all. I mean, that's why there's, the streets are flooded right now with like $1,000 fucking lemon cherry gel, and gelato packs and like flooded with $1,000, you know, mid packs. It's because of that. Because, mm-hmm. you know, there's these mega facilities that are just pumping out mids and like. They got to sell it. And you got to get, get rid of it somehow. Like they got over a million dollars overhead a month. And they're upset at the black market. Fucking black market. If it wasn't for them, man. All right. But see what I'm saying though? That's what the funny thing is. is. Yeah, but that's the funny mentality is that people want to say, well, damn, maybe we should, you know, these are the 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 operator, the guys high, maybe we should come down on the black market because that's what's fucking up the white market. No, the white market's what's fucking up the white market. The guys who actually own the companies, just like you're saying. Yeah, brother white starts there. Yeah, because they're the The ones mega producers. No one's producing at scale compared to like some of these corporate companies, bro. Like, no one has not that. even close, bro. No one has that kind of money. Not just that, bro. Like they get not, busted too. Yeah, bro. Like, come on. <laughs> How many like black market four thousand lighters are there? Like, honestly, one, maybe <laughs> two in the yeah. whole. And that, and now you're talking these days, probably zero. Maybe five years ago, there were one or two. You know, yeah. you used to hear about someone getting popped for some massive grow. You'd never four or five thousand. But, yeah. but, but, yeah, you're right. And then that's what's flooding the market with all this cheap booth because they can't sell it. Because you look at this eighth and you're like, damn, this is six month old. Think about what's on the shelf that they didn't put in that jar. Yeah, bro. And that's why, like, the. Bro, their inventory piles up, and that's why they let it go for so cheap. Like, especially, bro, like, yeah, bro, like, there might be a $1,000 pack, fresh pack coming out, and they still got, like, $800 packs of the last run shit that's a little older. So it's just like, bro, it just drives the numbers down. And they don't know how to pivot because they got some guy sitting in a chair with his feet up and doesn't know the thing. So he's like, what do I do? I guess we just should grow some more. Bro, should we just grow some more? Let's expand. We're not making enough. We let's should grow some more. Back. Yeah, let's make another spot. Fucking like, scale back. I'm telling people pivot. To, like, I hate to say it, but hash rosin for a while because you, you're hearing literally you're getting uh, operators come and saying, we got like 70 packs sitting and now we got the next room coming down this week and then a week after. And it's like now it's 150 packs sitting in a room just sitting. And say like these are 200 light rooms that you're talking about. Get like 400 pounds. Like you need to clear that because this is a. This is pro like a perishable Produce, good, yeah. bro. Yes. Like, it's it needs to go. It can't sit. I hate to I say think, it ruin hash rosin, but I think that's why I tell him that jar in a year from now is gonna look the same. It might even be better in a year from now. That hash rosin. Well, that's just that flower is horrendous. Yeah, that has unsellable a long in a year. Shelf life, bro. Flower does not. Yep. 
Yeah. At least at that point, if you ever sell the business, you can like, let's say everything fails, but you have 150 jars of hash rosin or something saved up. At least you have something that room of flour sitting in an air conditioner. That's done. That shit's unsellable. Mm-hmm. It, like at least turn it into money yeah. now while it's still good. So mm-hmm. I'm trying to like literally, bro, that was the whole reason is seeing this happen. And I was running a facility and I'm seeing the inside just like what you're talking about. It's madness, bro. What you're saying. Yeah. But the room in the market. Yeah, like a lot of these guys don't look at it like that though, bro. Cause in reality, like concentrates move slower than packs. So they're not even thinking there. Like, bro, they have multi-million dollar overheads and they need to liquidate their crop ASAP, you know, because another one's coming down in a couple of days. And these are 200 light plus light rooms, big rooms. And like just just the like the manpower that goes into creating that much rosin. Like they're not going to be interested in that. It's too much, and it's and it moves slower. So how does it change? How does the state open it up for legacy guys like you to be able to, and all these other guys to be able to expand in other ways, right? Besides bro, like, just, I hate to say it, but the the way that the laws were written kind of seems like it almost intentionally paved the way for these corporate guys to just take over the industry, and it just the barriers to entry are purposely high for you know people that have been doing this their whole life. So it was kind of like, bro, the laws were damn near written for like these big corporate dudes. Agreed. So I think probably they have to rewrite the laws if they want to do what you're saying. Yeah. I mean, and Cali's one of the lowest. You look at some of these states like Florida. And even Nevada. Yeah. Million, millions of dollars. And you got to be somebody and know somebody or have like $5 million verifiable yeah. fucking money sitting in the bank, like liquid. Yeah. Liquid. Like just sit, they want to know which is there just in case so they can take it. If yeah, God who forbid has that kind of money sitting in the bank, real estate guys. Mm-hmm. And guys that will not want to pay their operators. They don't want to pay that head grower, bro. Mm -hmm. They already put up money for the facility. We just want you to just grow some weed, bro. It's really like large investment groups, venture capitalists. They, you know, you have a budget and amount of money. You got to appropriate the money. So cannabis being a hot industry while it had its run, you know, and has had its run, um, especially over the pandemic. And then on the, on the other end, we saw the same thing. You see the same thing, right? In the traditional market, because people threw up a ton of greenhouses, a ton of debt. Like it was, it was in every corner of the market where you just saw mass production. And I think it's just the effect of the pandemic, man. Like what everyone saw happen there. Um, yeah, we're like, and then, and then you had a whole year where you knew no one's really messing with you while you're building and stuff. Yeah, I mean, so like, you people, know, after the pandemic, like growers came out of retirement and came back. You know, the tickets were so high, bro. Like, <laughs> yeah, you know, people started building like crazy. And now we're not even a year, two years later, year and a half. And we're seeing it's just like it happened like in a matter of like 60 days, I feel like bro, 60 to 90 it's days. It's crazy. Just like tanked, market tank. I mean, crazy. bro, it's just supply and demand, bro. Like, mm-hmm. like their bubbles only last for so long before they pop. Yeah. And like, is it more like the market tanked or is it a market correction? Cause it's supply and demand, bro. Like, like I said, bro, there's, bro, these facilities going up are huge. And you hear about these new one, two, three, 4,000 lighters popping up every week. Like they're still like, like, bro, it's insane, bro. So it's like, it's going to get to a saturation point. Like, bro, where do all these packs produced go? Like they rot. Like, bro, there's more packs being like produced than there is retail. Yeah. 
Big time. They're going to hit the market and they're going to rot and there's going to be cheap, shitty weed and it's going to be like Worth swimming nothing. through a sea of shit to find who are the guys actually still growing good fire. That actually oh, it's smoke. those same guys that we always knew. You know, it's the same tried and true brands that grow the fire. But now there's just a lot thicker of all the bullshit. You got to turn down seven or eight different dispensaries to get to one that actually has some good shit. Or you got to go, you know, if it's your dealer, you know, let's say you live in a different state, you got to go through three different dealers to find the one that actually gets still the homegrown shit or the fire, you know, that was from a good brand. Like, because people are, you know, every trick in the game with like putting fake shit in different bags. I mean, you guys probably deal with that the I, more than anybody at, that and runs you and runs you know with like someone just putting stuff in zope bags and then people are probably hitting you up like is this zope and it's like oh bro i get those every day can you verify this like <laughs> it's like nah bro i can't <laughs> like bro nah, no i can't i got like can. i got like 20 oh. scam pages bro that they're active as fuck like we didn't even get into that get into nah. that yeah wizard trees too oh, holy hell wizard trees dojo bro we all got so many scam pages i got a scam telegram like and they'll basically just pretend to be me and then like Use offer all you videos. like zope packs at like a crazy cheap ticket and then tell them like, oh, and they tell you, oh, send me crypto. And then you'll send them crypto and then they block you. So it's just straight scam people. Or like a lot of people too, like claim to like sell like RS11 or zope cuts and like will charge like five, ten thousand $10,000 a cut and like you won't really get shit. Like, it'll just be just a nursery using the name just to try to sell clones for more. Like, that's the biggest problem is, like, nurseries and, like, these seed makers, because they're not even breeders, bro. Like, they're seed makers, you know, using popular names just to to sell their inventory. That's fucked up. Yep. That's like, basically bro, like counterfeiting. Could, that happens a yeah, lot between counterfeiting. UK. Counterfeiting. If, like, I tell you that, yo, this is a Zulp clone and you give me $10,000 for it and it's not a Zulp clone, like, I scammed you. And now that guy it. breeds with it and puts those seeds out yeah. and says like, yo, I'm running Zope and, and I, he, and, he and now really might, those people buy those and seeds. And he really might think he has the real cut. Mm -hmm. Like I've heard that so many times, like, bro, trust me, this is the real cut. Like I paid five, $10,000 for it. And I'm like, bro, that doesn't mean it's, it's real. <laughs> no. And, and this is what's crazy <laughs> breeders left and right running strains that they're like, oh, I'm running the, uh, this is the Girl Scout cookie, the forum or the platinum. And you're like, that's not the platinum. And they've already bred and put out runs with it. And you're oh, like, like, now these, people are popping those. These seed makers, bro, like they they just get cuts, name stuff. They don't even flower them out to verify them. Like they just pollinate them. So it's like a lot of that's why I lost interest in seeds, bro. Because now nowadays you don't even know what you're getting. You got to go to legit people. You got to go to the people where you're you're looking at people popping their gear and being like, damn, look at that, that like you could see the mom and the dad, you could see what's coming out of it. Like, that's why in the beginning of this, before the cameras cut on, I was like, bro, when can we get some of the, like, when, when are you going to release some of these seeds, seeds bro? Seeds. Because yeah. your stuff, the stuff you're working with too, are some of the most sought after genetics, not just saying RS11 that's and why. soap. I mean, the Y life, the, the guava, the, like you go on and on. These have, are like, killers. I got access to those cuts too. Cause people like know my reputation and know how I am. They know I'm not going to like, water it down or whore it out like so the reason i have access to all this is because of how i conduct myself in the first place i love that yeah people need to hear that i love that it's like integrity bro like it only takes you one time to fuck up your reputation you can do one faulty move to undermine like 
10 year long reputation. So like, I don't even want to tread in those waters. That's why the DP's name's good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, for real. Shit. Yeah. Anything you want to close out with homie? Shit, bro. Just thanks for having me in. Like, bro, that RS11 drop, bro. Thanks for everyone coming out, bro, from around the world, bro. I met people from global. Like, it was crazy. Like, I honestly didn't think it had that much of an impact till I actually seen people send me itineraries from fucking Belgium. Like, they're catching flights, you know, across the world just to come to this event. And, like, that's when it really hit me. Like, damn, this is bigger than I ever thought it would be. Yeah. It's big, bro. Shout out Wizardry. Shout out Doja. Shout out Seed Junkie for, you know, helping us get the venue and putting it all together like that. Like, yeah, bro. It was a team effort for sure. Urban Arbor for hosting that shit. Yeah, shout out Urban Sick. Arbor too, bro. That's a dope ass, you know, location. Yeah. yeah. Man, I know everyone's can't wait. To, if you ever do a drop of seeds, everyone will be ready, bro. But we love what you do, man. We're big fans of it. Yeah. This dude oh, yeah. put me on the Zope. I've been a big fan of Wizard Trees and, and what you guys all do together. Yeah. It, I mean, it I'm is. Like, it's I'm one of my favorite collabs of all time. Heavy. Yeah. Like the ones I'm focused on really heavy right now, I got a Pure Kush Wildlife BX1 male. That's, I have a couple strains that are my gas lines. It's the PK Wildlife BX1 male. I got a Pink Guava uh, Kosher Kush male i just recently sourced the original purple urkel after looking for like two years i got the original master i got a new uh like an old strain that's kind of been like an urban legend like cherry pie kush like i finally got that one so i'm about to start you know mixing some you know older you know staples with you know some newer with the new and we can, we'll be able to see what you got dropping through your line that you got coming. Yeah. So right now, like Instagram's like, I get deleted so much. I cannot post anything hardly. So like I'm in, I'm developing my own app. So like I could post whatever I want. Like, you know, I could document my pollinations, phenol hunts, just be like a thousand percent transparent with my work. So people could see that actually the work that goes into creating this. Cause like, bro, to create a strain is really like a year long process. Like if you really do it the right way. So a lot goes into it. So I just want to show people like when you do it the right way, this is what it takes. Like this is the the real process. Like if someone's producing like fucking 10 different strains coming out with 10 strains every month, it's impossible, bro. Like that's not legitimate. It's, it's unless you have just mega facilities and just like, it's just, people aren't doing that. It's called fuckery. <laughs> Remix. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Rerock. We I know, re but that's why people love you. That's why we love you, bro. And that's why we fuck with Deep East Oakland and the Deep East crew from day one. Yeah. As soon as we saw it and we watched what you guys do and how you conduct yourself and your principles you live by, you you got to have heart. We love that shit, bro. We you know, love that in shit. In Oakland, bro, we call that re-rocking. Like, if you take a you know, a strain and make up a bag of like a design for it and like change the name. Like we just call it re-rocking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That is. Don't re-rock rubber shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that shit's funny as fuck when I heard that. Yeah, bro. Oh. It's like 2022, bro. It's the era of the re-rock right now for sure. Well, teamwork makes a dream work, bro. And you guys are representative of that. You know, it's awesome to see because it's when money comes in, people act funny and it's dope to see you guys rocking together still. So yeah, that's why you got to keep your circle close because like that money really changes people like for real. Like it does like people you grew up with can switch up over some money. 
Easy. So imagine how a stranger is going to switch up over money. I mean, over a thousand dollar cut, a hundred and uh, you know, fourteen hundred like, cuts just dropped, and that sold out. I saw people camp. I saw brands that have millions of dollars behind them with investors camped out to get that cut. Yeah, bro. Like, like people, like bro, people will kill their own friends over a couple thousand dollars. Like my buddy got killed. My yeah, over cuts. Yeah, exactly. Those Damn. true words. That's why that mask is up, and that's why we fuck with D Beast heavy. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be on defense 24-7. Where, where can I find you right now? Website? Oh, I'm you working said, on a website Instagram right now. I'm like, I've been putting most of my efforts into the app. Because we created, me and my boy, uh, we're creating an augmented reality app. Like, do you remember, like, I used to have bags that animated when you took videos of it. But I had to use a third-party app. So we're basically making, developing a better version of that augmented reality app. And we're implementing like machine learning. Cause that first app's really choppy. Like if you tilt the camera a little bit, it'll glitch. So the app we're making is an augmented reality app. So like you could take a video of say your brand logo and like every time, you know, it pops up on camera, that app, the algorithm will recognize it and that it'll signal the animation to kick on. Damn, we're using machine cool. learning in our app. We got a patent on that. So every time, you know, you like the algorithm sees an image, it gets more familiar with the image. So like if you turn it, like it won't glitch out. It'll be way more consistent. That's dope. Hell yeah. Yeah. So it's going to like the website's going to drop the same time as the app because, you know, the app is when I, what I'm putting most of my energy into right now. And we're going to document the process and hopefully be able to watch you guys do your, the new reversals and the yeah, breeding yeah. of the Zope and all that stuff. Like, everyone been asking me for merch, like for the last year, like clothes. And it's like, that's coming soon, but it's going to, if you download the app, you're going to get the first shot at it. And like to get on, to be able to purchase the clothes, like they're always going to be small release drops. So you got to have like a, a entrance, like you got to have a code just to be able to purchase the clothes. So you got to have kind of some type of tie to even be able to purchase the clothes. I like that. Keeping Super it close. Yeah. It's weird. Like our plan is just, you know, a once a month drop, you know, limited drops. Damn. Yeah. Bro, fuck oh, yeah. with Deep East. And where can we get that though? What's the web? You have a website or not where can we not, go? Not drop yet. Not yet. Okay. Yeah. It's going to be a uh, Deep East.app is the website and the webs, the app's going to be Deep East. Perfect. We're just waiting for Apple to verify some of the the app and then it'll go probably be like live within like a month or something like that. Shit. Shit, that's, that's fire. That's awesome. Yeah. Soon. So you know, I'm up in the bay, bro. We got a lot of tech people. Like, like I'm friends with some like big tech guys. So like we kind of combine forces just the same way. Like I've, you know, fucked with Wizard Trees and Doja. It's like I'm fucking with the tech dude. Like create some new shit that the world hasn't seen yet. That's super dope, man. For real. Game changing. Taking advantage of where you're at, too. Yeah. Well, shit, man. Wrapping up. You already know it's DEO Farms, DP, straight out of Oakland, man. First smoke of the day. Yeah. Peace. My first interview, basically. <laughs> yeah. 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 What do you know about yeah. that? For real, yeah. for real. What's up? I want to take a second to talk about Grow Generation, the largest hydroponic retailer in the country, over 60 stores nationwide. Go to growgeneration.com and enter in the code first smoke. Become a part of the family. Let's go where the pros go to grow. Hey, calling all breeders and growers to the world's largest 
online seed bank, neptuneseedbank.com. Check out this. I got goodies from all the best breeders in the market. To go here and change your game in your garden, go to neptuneseedbank.com. You can get Blackleaf and you can get all the best breeders in the game. Neptuneseedbank.com, first smoke of the day sent you. Let's talk about Athena, one of the number one nutrient companies in the world, Athena Nutrients. Blackleaf, tell them how you use IPM in your garden. Athena IPM, one of the best products out right now for IPM management. This product passed testing for legal facilities and is what is what I use in my garden. Blackleaf approved, Athena IPM. This product and all other products, athenaag.com. Go check them out, appreciate you guys. Yo, welcome to the Diamond Mine, the diamondmine.la, California source for boutique genetics, powered by yours truly, Blackleaf. And you know what that means? That means I'm bringing my best genetics into this. I'm bringing stuff I've been hiding, harboring away, stuff I haven't wanted to let out. We're bringing all that into the diamondmine.la and we're gonna offer that to California. Go on our website, hit the newsletter, and see if you could rock with us. Get on board with some of our genetics and change your garden. The diamondmine.la, powered by Blackleaf. We're here holding Power SI, and we want to talk a little bit about what this can do for your garden. It's a game-changing product I use in my garden. Foliar, res feeds, I recommend it to all growers. This is a game-changer. Go to Power SI and enter in the code FIRSTSMOKE to get a discount. Yo, we're right here at TLC Collective, home of the Jungle Boys, where they've been playing with fire since 2006, right here in Los Angeles, California. It's at Jungle Boys on all social media, jungleboys.com, and if you wanna see for yourself, come right here to TLC Collective, man. Let's check it out.